the important thing is not, as Will Rogers said, the important thing is not return on your money, but return of your money. Which, by the way, I find to be very interesting. Could you see what the you do inter interest in interest? Inter there you go. See, again. I'm I'm a I'm a dad. I can do these jokes. You didn't even crack a smile. You just looked at me with scorn and contempt. That is the proper reaction to a really good dad joke or a really good pun. So, it, and this not. was kind of both. It was a dad pun. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, aspirationally, boys and girls. Uh, welcome to the Personal Wealth Coach. This is Jake McClure. On the line with me, I have... Jeff McClure. Uh, together, we are bald. Oh, together, we are the Personal Wealth Coach and, and bald. I'm glad you got that straight. Yes, we have to establish, this is full disclosure, you guys need to have uh, total knowledge of the fact that there are two bald men with beards talking to you at the moment. This podcast is called The Personal Wealth Coach, and that's also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm based in Salado, Texas. Now, the fact that it's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC approves or disapproves of anything, neither, neither does the secretary, whoever the secretary is, and this tape will destruct after it's listened to the you dated yourself this tape will destruct your podcast tape is about to self-destruct that's why you can't find the tape in it anymore <laughs> it already has self-destructed because it's too old and uh, the information that we do present in this podcast we get from sources we think are very reliable but we don't make any guarantees as to the completeness or the accuracy of that reliability or anything else we just do the best we can the information that we're providing during this podcast is not considered investment advice. This information is educational because investment advice means that we know exactly who's listening and we can custom tailor all of our advice to them. So prepare to be educated. But yeah. we do have another question from John. and We probably ought to address it about money market funds. Yeah, uh, it's another picture of the Wall Street Journal, the digital analog uh, Wall Street Journal. Um, and his question is money funds. If this passes, what will be the impact on the money market industry? Um, and he's got a circle around in recent letters and meetings. Industry players are pointing fingers at one of the previous rule changes as the cause of some of the la of last year's problems. The SEC's decision to allow a funds board to impose gates or fees on investors looking to pull their cash when the fund's share of liquid assets fell below 30%. They say that accelerated the run on funds as investors sought to get ahead of those limitations. That's a really lot of mouthful of jargon stuff. Gates or fees? What's a first off? Let's let's take a step step back. What is a money market? People say I've got a money market in my, I've got, I've got a money market, but even the name of it is weird. You own a market? What? Uh, it's like saying I have a stock market. Uh, the name of money markets is difficult. What is a money market? Broadly, it's the marketplace that money is traded on. Loans, short-term loans given to companies and to governments with, with high to very low credit rating. That's the money market. 
If you own a money market, it's because you've got something that has investments in that market. Lots of places in there, it means it's generally diversified. Comment on that. Yeah. Banks, I don't know if they still have them, but they used to have money market accounts yeah, that they had do. nothing to do with the money markets. They just paid a higher interest rate. Right. They just and called them money market accounts. Money market mutual funds are different from money market accounts at the bank. Money market mutual funds are mutual funds, and they're traded, and generally speaking, the company that stands behind them holds the share price constantly at constant at a dollar. And I say generally speaking, we had one case where they broke the buck, where, the, where it dropped below $1, and there was a run on the fund, and it was bad and scared everybody, but that was a long time ago. The point is, if you want your money secured, and you want to have absolutely no risk of losing dollar per dollar. Go to the bank. Go to the bank. Keep, it, keep your accounts under $250,000 and make sure they're FDIC insured. And when we say keep your accounts, it means you might need to go to different banks. If you've got three accounts at the same bank in the same name for $250,000 each, two of those accounts aren't covered. So you need to go to a different bank uh, if you want to be fully secure. Money so markets in general, in in the investment world, not the banking world, because there's money markets in both. This is very, the, uh, when I say words, we don't have enough words in the English language. This is one of the reasons why. Because money markets mean different things, and yet it's got the same word for it. In the investment side of money markets, where you're buying, or, or basically you're loaning money short term to corporations and to governments with high credit, good credit. So you're going to get this money back over a 30-day or a 90-day period. It's very liquid and very much expected to be money at the end of it. Okay. The, the rule that was changed on these things was that when the, these accounts, these money market positions, are in loans. So if you're making a 30-day loan to the U.S. Treasury or a 30-day loan to Microsoft so that they can pay payroll. They don't have enough cash on hand. They get a real quick marketplace loan. It's cheap. It's easy. They make their payment. They go on about their business. That means that you got to wait 30 days to get that cash back. Well, so you get diversified. You make loans to lots of different places that are all 30-day loans, but you've got one a day. Something like so, you've always got cash on hand. So if somebody wants to make a withdrawal, there's already there's real live cash rather than the short term loan ready to give money out. Well, the rule was when you drop below down to thirty percent in that reserve of cash, you better stop or you're going to run out of money to give people money back. So it's a it is a protective rule that says if you run out of money, you're going to have to start selling debt now. It's short-term debt, so you shouldn't lose too much money, but that's how the buck gets broken. It's how you get back less than you put in. Did that cause people to jump ahead of themselves and get money out of them when there was a big downturn? I find this part, after all of this long, long uh, soliloquy about what money markets are and what the rule is, I find this article slightly laughable. Because the run on money markets in March of 2020 did not happen because of very obscure rule about fees and gates. It happened because a pandemic hit the United States. 
And it was a big run. A lot of money markets were sold to go to banks. There are two kinds of money markets, money market funds, and that's important to understand. The article talks about that, but it's really important to get this right away. The shift in the money markets that occurred in March 2020 was people pulling out of prime money market funds, largely, and putting them in government money market funds. Government money market funds are not subject to the 30% rule. They're considered to be highly liquid in that the Fed will buy, if necessary, buy back those securities so that the liquidity is there. Prime money market funds traditionally have paid a higher, slightly higher interest rate. A lot of short-term borrowing by companies across the board, corporations, is done through prime money market, the prime money market. They basically borrow money from investors who put money in short-term into prime money market funds. To give you some idea of where they are, institutional prime money market funds have $640 billion in assets. Government money market funds hold nearly $3 trillion. If you're in a government money market fund, this is a non-issue to you. Yeah. The problem is that the, getting rid of the prime money market funds deprives, you know, in other words, if you tighten down the screws on the prime money market funds and put further restrictions on them, then it will raise the borrowing costs for corporations across the board. And corporations do a lot of short-term borrowing. Just yeah. like you do. When you when you use a credit card to buy something. And then pay it back at the end of the month. You're still borrowing for a short period of time. And by the way, you're, the funding that gives you the money to buy your whatever. Let's say you bought a meal at, uh, at a restaurant using your credit card and you paid back at the end of the month. No, no credit- we're going to have to mix a metaphor. Say you're buying a washing machine at McDonald's with your credit card. Now go ahead. There, there's your example. I just had to throw in a mixed metaphor. Sorry. Oh, you're confusing the issue. Anyway, that short term period of time, the bank has loaned you money, or let's say it's 20 days until you pay off your car. The bank has loaned you money for 20 days. Yeah. The bank has to get the money from someplace to loan it to you for 20 days, and they get it generally through the prime money market fund system. It would kind of, we've kind of, from a system that I can remember didn't exist at one point. Basically, you took your savings and went to the bank and you took your investments and you went to the market. The money market funds came out when interest rates were, when inflation was high and interest rates were high and people have gotten used to using them and they become an integral part of the system. and They're part of the liquidity in the system. They're part of what allows our system to function very efficiently right now. And I really don't think there's going to be any interference. As a matter of fact, the, the, the push right now, the lobbying push is to get the 30% rule eliminated and not allow those fees but fact is if you have a run on a money market fund and they want to impose a small fee to take money out if they drop below 30 percent, i don't think that's a big problem no i don't either and this is this is something i would i'll give this a different uh way of looking at it i have a a colleague and a friend who's uh works at a at a bond management company um on the east coast we had a good bond uh, it's definitely a bond on if you're in and this is Massachusetts so you, you're gonna have to have a strange accent other than German uh, while speaking English though um, and he's looking at the technical aspects of why interest rates change very technical and he's he's very much on the cutting edge of that and talking about how what pushes where but I'll give you an example here that when you're looking at the technical reasons why somebody would be getting out of a money market fund at the beginning of a pandemic all of your data is drowned out in a panic you don't know why it's going on it's like saying 
in April of 2018, when car sales went up, it was because of a new clause in the buying contract. No, it was not. It was because April is when a lot of people were getting their tax refunds. And that was a much bigger impact on the car purchase market than adding a clause to a contract. That's what I'm saying here. Is that clause in a contract, in 10 years, we may know more about what it actually is doing to the market. But if you're trying to measure the minuscule change that an extra rule about limiting withdrawals in a run on the market had on whether or not a run on the market occurred while the run was occurring because of a pandemic, yeah, uh, you can see, it, it, I don't know, there, what's, let's, let's mix a metaphor. How about if, uh, if they're measuring the amount of jaywalking that occurs in Austin, Texas on a day when there's a Black Lives Matter protest? And then saying that the jaywalking occurred because of a recent change to the jaywalking law. <laughs> no, I think someone's mixing more than metaphors. So, sorry, Wall Street Journal, this is two dingers on, a one, on one Saturday. I don't think that they're crying into their uh, massive subscription list for our detrimental comments, though. Do you, do you think the Wall Street Journal is upset for us? We love the Wall Street Journal, but they do occasionally get things a little weird. I think they had a slow news week. Yeah. in the economic section and the financial section, and they had to come up with something to write about. And they know that if they write something that sounds kind of semi-scary, people will read it and they will sell more papers. Yeah, and, and when, I've got to put this as clearly as possible. The rule change here by the SEC is extremely obscure. It is extremely obscure. People don't Look at that rule change when they're saying, I want to put $100,000 into a money market fund. They don't say, did the SEC recently change the law to allow fees and gates if I pull my money out during the run on the bank or the run on the market? No, that's not I, part of what's going on. Just in the interest of full disclosure, we generally do not use prime money market funds. We generally tend to use government money market funds. Because internal because, expenses are nasty in there. Well, I, I think it's important to recognize that if you have money in a money market fund or you have money in a bank account, your purpose is not to earn interest. No, You may, you may think it was, and that was a carryover from when we had high inflation. Your purpose is to avoid losing dollars. So key, the, the safe money should be safe and your invested money should be invested. Don't mix the two. Trying to chase higher interest rates is one of the, in my goodness, how long have we been doing this now? You At least 30 years. You've been... Uh, it's so 1982. End, so next year, I'm going on 40 years. 40 years working in finance. Whoa! Wow. Anyway, in my experience, one of the most deadly things you can do with your money is to try to stay safe, avoid loss, and get a high return. That's the that is deadly. What you wind up with in that case is losing a lot of money. You can't mix stay 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 safe and get a high return unless you're made off, and that only lasts until you're wearing an orange jumpsuit. And then dead. And then dead, yeah. He's dead now. He died. Yeah. The point is that if you're going to invest your money, recognize that the higher the return you want, the longer your time horizon needs to be. If you want to invest in, in something that, is, that, that has the potential for a lot of gain, it also has the potential for a lot of loss in the short term. 
you need to be careful and diversify. And there's lots of things you can do to quote, avoid losing all your money. The danger is that you'll pull out when the market's down or you'll pull out when that thing is down. So leave it alone. But you should also have a good reserve. And your reserve, getting interest on your reserve is not important. In your reserve funds, whether they be in the bank or in government money market funds or wherever you keep your reserve funds or in the tin can in the back of your house, the important thing is not, as Will Rogers said, the important thing is not return on your money, but return of your money. Which, by the way, I find to be very interesting. You see what the... You do? Interest? Interest. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I can do these jokes. You didn't even crack a smile. You just looked at me with scorn and contempt. That is the proper reaction to a really good dad joke or a really good pun. So it, and this not. was kind of both. It was a dad pun. Thank you very much for listening, if you have. If you haven't, then no thanks to you. Um, yeah. If you'd like to talk to us off the air, we have voicemail waking, waiting locally during the week at... Two five four nine four seven eleven eleven. 1111 Real live people during the week, voicemail during the weekend, and that is also 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to the webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. You can email us through there, contact us through there, podcasts, newsletters, all that good stuff. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.